Hello, fans, and welcome back to the French Fried Show. This is your host, Mike. In today's episode, we discuss 48-year-old Aline Gigato, a French domestic servant, kleptomaniac, and notorious serial killer, who is believed to have murdered as many as 36 people using arsenic as her weapon of choice over a period of 18 years. After an initial period of activity between 1833 and 1841, she seems to have stopped for nearly 10 years before a final killing spree in 1851. During this episode, we will discuss her timeline, various killings and criminal trial, ultimately resulting in her being sentenced to death by guillotine in 1852. Please note that this show is for entertainment purposes only and contains a variety of content from true crimes cases to personal life stories. The views expressed within are based solely on a mix of firsthand experience, secondhand knowledge, and differing opinions. We do recommend that anyone under the age of 18 use extreme caution, as there could be offending subjects and inappropriate language at times. Hello, fans. Welcome back to the French Fried Show. This is your host, Mike, along with my always dapper co-host, Fetty. Hello, everyone. How are you, Mike? Good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Ready not for bad. a new case, mate? We are, man. We got a treat today. Uh, so, fans, in today's episode, we are going to discuss 48-year-old Helene Gigado. She was born in 1883 and passed in 1852. She was a French domestic servant and serial killer. She's believed to have murdered as many as 36 people using arsenic over a period of 18 years. After an initial period of activity between 1833 and 1841, she looked to have stopped for nearly 10 years before making a final spree in 1851. What do you think about that? Yeah, she's uh, she's something special. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to learn more about her. I know you got some info. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, case. So, Eren Gigado uh, was born uh, back in uh, June 17, She's believed to be, uh, of course, the the serial killer with the most killing in France really? and probably in the world. That's what specialists believe, but she is suspected of attempting to kill 97 people, and most likely she killed over 60. That's unbelievable. Crazy, right? That's more than most of the major serial killers in the United States, like the like the most well-known ones, obviously, like a Bundy, BTK, Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's tons more than all of them combined. Right, but she lived in a different time too. Sure, you know, sure. Right? Techniques of investigation and all of that right. we see is very different. Right. You know? But the Definitely. crazy part about her is that she, when they caught her and they could not find any reason why she killed all these people, and they believed that either she acted with no reason, or she didn't like her victims, uh, or because. Uh, she wanted to steal something. So she just went around and killed people. And uh, a lot of them were because they accused her of stealing or they told her something she she didn't like. But beside that, there is no reason, right? And her wow. way of doing it was, like you said, she poisoned them. 
And then listen to this. She cared for them while uh, they were dying slowly. And then when they died, she would mourn openly with the family members. Wow, that's that's crazy, man. That, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to start the yeah. story and hear a little bit more. Of this. this sounds this sounds very interesting. So just to set a little bit the idea here, her personality though uh, needs to be set up here. She is a heavy drinker, or she was a heavy drinker, and she is also a kleptomaniac. So she has the re recurrence of stealing stuff that are meaningless and have almost no value, but she could not resist doing that. Oh, wow. And we see throughout the stories here that maybe that would have pushed her stealing. But let's go, if you want, through her life a little bit, okay? Yeah, so we can definitely. see, right? Yeah, how'd she start off? Right. So she was born in uh, 1803, like we said, in June 17th, in uh, Pluinec, in Brittany. So Brittany is in the west part of France. And think about it like a state, okay? That's where I'm from, actually. And okay. it's a state like with heavy Celtic British background and culture, you know? Okay. Um, As always, I'm going to ask you, how far from Paris? Uh, where she was born, about three, four hours drive okay. west. And yeah. West? West, yeah. Okay, got you. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And she was born at a time where France was building up after... Uh, it's revolution revolution of, uh, at the end of the 18th century. So it was building up and Napoleon was getting more and more power. And actually, she was born a couple of weeks before the Louisiana Purchase. But anyway, oh, okay. yeah, she grew up in a modest family uh, uh, on a farm. She doesn't know how to read or write, but she grew up with uh, her surrounding, her family and people around, you know with the legends and stories from Brittany. And those legends and stories scared her. And one in particular is this character called Anku. And this character represents basically death. He's represented with a, like it, with a skeleton body walking okay. around with a, a, a scythe. Scythe, yeah. Scythe. Oh, you're talking about the, the scythe, the, the big, uh, almost like a like curved sword. Yeah, that, that exactly. That's now wheat and, and corn and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Scythe, I believe. Scythe. Okay. Yes. So, and he goes around taking life from humans. Okay. And she feels him and feels like threatened daily by him. And I think okay. you have a similar like character like this uh, anywhere. You know, uh, you see it on, like, I was watching South Park the other day and you have a similar guy going around and stuff. Right, right. And she's scared by these stories. And it is believed that she became like him to overcome her anxiety. So she became the life taker, basically. Okay. And at seven years old, man, in 1810, her mother and father passed away. She is later suspected that she poisoned them with deadly nightshade, which she put in their soup. Hmm. But there are no proofs. And I have to say to listeners and you, there are so many information and so little information as well that it is really difficult. A lot of this stuff were talks, some were confirmed, some were not. But sure. that's the first suspicion, suspect, like 
the first time she was suspected. But the suspicion. No, mm -hmm. Suspicion. But nobody said anything. But she's an orphan now. She's seven years old. Okay. And she sent to her two aunts in Bubri, which is not far from where she was born. Okay. Where her aunts work as uh, housemaids. And she's going to work with them and learn to be a servant herself. And if you asked, like, why not school, right? Seven years old. At that time, it was not mandatory in France. Mandatory school came later, like in 1882. Um, 1882, yeah. Okay. So for 17 years, she's going to be working at this place as a housemaid. And after her employment ended, she started her deadly road trip in the region. And she started to go around. Before 1831, it is uh, quite unclear what she might have done or who she might have hurt. Her killing reputation started in 1831. Maybe she killed before, maybe not. We don't know. And she's suspected for several murders, man. Uh, per the people who lived around her or knew her directly. Killed siblings, aunts, priests, housemaids, kids, you name it, man. And this was all with suspected, like, using arsenic? Or were there any weapons involved? Or Poison all the time. Poison, okay. All the time. And they, found, they saw that she went from city to city in the region doing that. And each time she changed an, an employer, it was following a, a deadly event. Wow. Someone dies, she leaves. And she always used arsenic or rat poison. Oh, wow. And the crazy part is that, she, and we'll go a little bit in deta details in a second, but she was rarely suspected. And here is why. You're going to see why. When her killings took place, man, it was in the middle of the, a terrible pandemic of cholera in France and in the world, actually. Okay. Between 1826 and 1837. Right. Officially. And about 100,000 people died in France because of that disease. And the symptoms are similar to arsenic poisoning. Okay. So it's, it's not like they had the equipment to do a bunch of autopsies. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And it takes, you know, resources and stuff for autopsy, right? But anyway, let's let's move on. So her the first official story recorded took place in 1831. It's a, it's a lady called Mademoiselle Kirli. She hired her even though people told her, told her, well, watch out, because she carries some kind of bad luck. And people believe that at that time, you know, uh, this person is bad luck or whatever. And maybe we do a little bit today, right? Right. Not long after she hired her, her dad died. We don't know how. He got oh, sick. He got sick. And a little bit later, another housemaid died. Nobody suspected her. And they just said, okay, it's cholera that is hitting the town. We got to watch out. And then a little bit after, she got fired uh, because of theft of some minor items. Okay. For this case, we don't know much. But that's her first official story recorded, 1831. Oh, wow. Okay. After being fired, she moves to uh, a city called Gern, still not far from all this. You know, we're talking about... Uh, 10, 20 minutes, 30 minutes drive nowadays, you know? So it's not really sure. far, right? And we are in June 1833, and she is uh, hired by a priest. His name is Francois Le Drogo. She starts the job, and a few weeks after she started the, the job, she got caught 
drinking the priest's best wine in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> She's going down to the basement, man, getting yeah. a good yak. <laughs> yeah. So the priest priest found out, saw her and stuff, and and he threatened her to fire her, you know? That ain't no game, man. You can't drink the good wine from the priest, you know? No. No, you don't, right? But she was stealing. But she doesn't respond. She doesn't say anything, whatever, you know, she 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 lay low. And I got a feeling he better watch out. Well, the priest believes that she asked for God's forgiveness. Okay, okay. And moves on. Well, buddy, the following week the following weeks are a disaster in his house. Oh man. Are you ready? I'm ready. A week later, the priest's uh, dad dies after being uh, heavily sick and suffering. He was 66 years old. And who took care of him when he got sick? Helene. Helene Chigado. So the priest is sad. They don't know what happened, but he's sad. Well, the priest's sister had the great idea of sending her daughter, seven years old, to stay with her uncle, so the priest, so he can, you know, recover and have family around and stuff. Sure. Guess what happened to the little kid? She died too. She died after being really oh sick. Oh my gosh, man. From 28th of June, 1833, to the 3rd of October, 1833, seven people died in the house. <laughs> gosh. The priest ended up dying, of course. Two housemaids ended up dying. Same condition as the priest's dad and the little girl. And her sister who visited her dies. Wow. Anybody that comes in contact with this lady, man. The priest, maybe she got pissed off or, you know, he caught her yeah. and stuff. We don't know what, why the sister, though. Her sister's name is Angegado, dead. And each time the doctor checked it out and he saw Hélène sad and mourning and being with the family and taking care of the family and stuff. And he established that it was caused by cholera. cholera. But seven people, it's a lot, right, buddy? Oh, that's especially for the time frame. I mean, well, seven's a lot. It's spread out any time. But I mean, you know, just talking about four months. That's crazy. We're talking about four months, right? So uh, the first suspicions are like falling on her. So she gets, she is brought in front of a judge and she denies. But the thing is that they have no proof. They never found poison on her or arsenic on her or anything like that. So without proof, it's really hard, right? And the judge sure. the judge pointed out that she was the cook and the housemaid in the house where seven people died. You know what she replies? What'd she say? She says, yes, I always nurse the sick. That has been my misfortunate fortune, sorry. Oh wow! That is that is the cause of my cause cause of my troubles today. Mm, okay. She gets cleared and moves on. The case is closed. Right. She's covering it up like that for sure. They have no proof. Okay. So she is cleared. She moves. She moves back to Bubri, where she started her career, where she spent seventeen years. You know, and she gets uh, a job. The job of her departed sister, the one she killed. So she replaces her at this at this job. And in the course of three months, man, three people died after being sick. Wow. She's what? obviously, I, I mean, it, we, we know she's killing with arsenic. We've already said that. But, I mean, she's got to be putting it in their drink and in their food. 
and everybody this woman's coming in contact with, she's like a walking black widow, man. She's the uncle, the guy she learned about when she was little. Right. You yep. know what I mean? So definitely she's death. She's walking dead. She's, she's the American version of the grim reaper. Yeah. And you know, out of those three people who died in that house, one of them is her aunt. She grew up with. Gosh, she has no shame, man. She's killing her sister, killing her aunt. She was described as a priest. Yeah, she was described as feeling like she had a sin in her. Right. And she had to do that. That's how it was explained. Okay. We don't know much about this killing, but let's continue her road trip. She moves sure. next to Lokmine, another city. And she starts working for a lady called Marie-Jeanne Le Boucher. Marie-Jeanne and her daughter died. Her son gets sick, really sick, but he ends up recovering. And you, you know why? Tell me. Because he refused uh, Eden Gigado's care and help. Oh, wow. Yeah. And nobody picked it up. Nobody. And do you know what she said to her daughter who was going to die later about her mom? What'd she say? She told her, she told the, the daughter that she expected the mom to die anytime soon because, oh. she, because she carries death with her. Do you see how pervert it is, man? This is crazy. Yeah, that's 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 brazen, man. That's that's just confident, and uh, it sounds like somebody. You know, there's two things that are coming to my mind right now as we're telling this story. Of course, you know, we'll probably talk more about it here in a minute. But either this person is just a complete killing narcissist, she's possessed, or she has split personalities. I think it's a combination of a lot of stuff. To be honest, I mean. Right. How can you go? I mean, obviously we can't understand it, but how can you go from house to house and keep poisoning people? You have right. to have some perversion, perversion behind it, you know, being pervert or, and have like this. Uh, there is a disorder, obviously. You oh know yeah. What I mean? Well, and, yeah. Just a reckless abandonment for. I mean, you know, just just a lack of compassion and empathy for life. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So the the daughter and the mom end up. And end up dying and the, the son doesn't. So in the same town, she this time she stays in the same town. She, she doesn't even bother leaving. She stays in Lokmine. She's hired by a widow. Uh, she's not hired, sorry. She, a widow knew her and knew her condition and offered her a room to stay. She dies after eating her soup. Oh, wow. Man. Even someone who helps you. In May 1835, in the same uh, city, she works for another person called Madame Toussaint. Four people dies after eating her food. So over time, she develops a bad reputation in this city, Lokmine, uh, because in each house she has worked in, people die. But the crazy part is nobody picks, like, nobody, like, say, okay, there is something wrong here. That's the thing that is really interesting, you know? And, uh, because of the uh, reputation, she just she decides to leave the city and she goes to another city next to it called Ore, where she uh, she get into a co convent with priests and stuff, but she doesn't last long there. She gets fired, accused of like stealing and vandalism and cutting sheets sure. and stuff. You know, bad behavior basically. All right. And man, I can go on for hours. 
stories after stories, town after town, wow. people dead after people dead. She just goes around her region, little region there, and poison people for no reason or because they made a comment or suspected her of stealing or, you know, making a scene or something like that. That's crazy, man. And each time we put it, they put it on cholera as a cause of death. Or if she's uh, suspected, they don't have any proof. So they can't do much about it. Right. But the thing that is interesting is the judges didn't push further. But the weakness, I think, at that time is that the connection between judges, you know, because one judge right. has a case, the other one has another case, case. So there is no connection there. Otherwise, it would have been probably easier to to arrest her, right? Sure, to connect the pieces. I mean, mm -hmm. well, she's using arsenic, and I'm not an arsenic expert, but I know in the 1800s that it was pretty much used, you know, pretty widely available, uh, very inexpensive. I mean, it was an ideal poison. It's an ideal way to kill because it was colorless. It's tasteless. And, you know, I mean, there was a lot of rat problems, like you said, and and it was used as as a rat poison, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, so, I mean, it was. Yeah. But the crazy part is just she every time someone told her something or made a comment or suspected, she kills. I'll give you right. an example. It's not necessarily the tool, though. It, it's the. It's the methodology and the lack right. of regard for human life here, man. I mean, you know, I mean, she may as well. Obviously, these, you know, these these current weapons didn't exist back then, but she might as well take a nine millimeter and walk into town and just start emptying the magazine, and then put a new mag in and go to another town and just empty it. I mean, that's that's exactly what she's doing, Similar. just with a different weapon. Well, the crazy part is that she cares for the people who right. are sick. And then mourns with the family who is sad. Yeah, that's, that's that's weird. Yeah, that's crazy. And let's give an example. She yeah. got she got hired by a lady called um, Mrs. Uh, Hippolyte Roussel. And one day there were some. Sh she was suspected of stealing. Uh, she's probably stolen an uh, an umbrella from another housemate. So she questioned her. She's like, "Did you steal or whatever?" You know. And of course, she denies. Following the questions, not long after. Hippolyte Roussel, the employer, got sick with severe vomiting after she ate uh, her soup. Of course, prepared by LNG Cadeau. Okay. Just after a talk, an argument, you know? Yeah, she, she just seems, this lady to me, uh, she just seems like she gets a lot of satisfaction out of the killing. Probably. probably. You know, the, the, the how would I put this? Uh, the preparation to kill. The, the the moments before the killing, you know, maybe however long it takes her to prepare the soup. So it's 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 definitely premeditated for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. But she doesn't stop there. Okay, the mom, so Hippolyte Roussel dies, right? Right. Then she attacks the daughter. Then she dies. <laughs> and, then, and then the entire fam family, at that time, people lived together and stuff, you know? The, sure. the entire fam family uh, became sick. Luckily, they didn't die, but some of them got paralyzed or had like unexplainable like pain for life, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, just because her employer said, hey, we are questioning you. We think that you stole an umbrella. In this case, a judge had to intervene, right? Because, I mean, so many people getting sick and dying and stuff right. and asked about this, these cases. But again, they never found any arsenic or poison on her. And... She asked 
there was some there was some investigation and there's they found out that Hippolyte Roussel was not able to walk anymore because she got sick and stuff. You know what she replies to that when she is questioned? <laughs> I can't wait. She says, "Well, she could not she could barely walk before." <laughs> but nobody is there to confront her because she usually or she usually already like killed all of them. <laughs> so nobody is there nobody yeah, is nobody's there to, there to question. Yeah, She's to wrecking question, them, right? man. Anyway, but now she kills for that, right? Right. Now, the kids. Why the kids? I give you, I give you one example where she killed only one member of the family. Okay. It's in May 1841. And this date is really important for later. It is basically 10 years and one month before her arrest. It is This is really important. She worked for a wealthy family uh, in a castle uh, called Chateau de Soie in Plomeur. It's not far away as well from uh, where she's around. And out of nowhere in this family, their daughter, two years and eight months, Marie-Henriette-Emilie uh, Breger, dies. A baby, man. Why? No explanation. And I, I, I uh, investigated, and I found the death certificate online of this uh, baby uh, from, from that time. Okay. And there were... Five witnesses who attended her death without, beside Gigado, so six, five, the two parents and three officials were there. None suspected her. So now the question is why killing a kid, right? A baby. Right, of course. So it seems like anybody who tells her something or thinks she's stealing or confront her, but also randomly, man, that's what's scary. You know, right. The baby. I mean, the baby's obviously not going to confront her or say yeah. anything to her, not eat her damn soup, you know? Yeah, ex exactly. This is crazy. Anyway, so let's move on. So from 1841 to 1848-49, well, we're not sure, right? There are no official killing reported. Uh, it just seems like she stopped poisoning. I find it weird for a serial yeah, killer. Yeah, me too. I wonder what happened with her, man. That's... Well, I mean, yeah. you don't go from being a ass-kicking wrecking machine to, okay, now I'm just going to wait a while to kill again. That seems odd. Um, there are two theories. Either she did it and nobody knows. Right. Or, or the other Which one. Which I think is probably the case. Probably. I don't know. But right. the other theory is this, that she, have ex she had uh, specialists explained according to what she said and stuff, that she believed that God forgave her sins, so she stopped and received some kind of divine intervention. 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 Uh -huh. Intervention. Sorry. Uh, the only thing that uh, was found was reports of theft, drinking, and vandalism, and that remained during that time, but no killing. So, since she was killing, believing that she was that character and she had sins, maybe she believes she got some kind of uh, God-willing help or something. But right. I find it really weird. Yeah, same. She, she comes back to her old activity, criminal activity at some point, right? And she moves to the capital of Brittany, of the state, uh, the city where I, I grew up. Luckily, I didn't grow up at that time. She moved to, uh, to Rennes. Either in 1848 or 1849, we're not, we're not sure. And 
she has to work obviously and she's hired by a person uh, this couple called uh, Victor Rabot and uh, Charlotte Briette de Monvaux as a cook and uh, after a while working there she's accused publicly of uh, stealing and drinking their wine <laughs> <laughs> she's drinking the good she back to drinking the good stuff man she likes it she does what happened right after man son death the son died shortly after the accusation same thing poison here we go got sick and he died on uh december 30 30th uh 1849 at the age of seven years old wow and then she tried to poison the mom and the grandma so her mom as well they didn't Damn, die. grandma too the grandma too i don't know Damn, why what grandma do you know what i mean <laughs> that's the thing so it looks like if one member of the house, I'm saying the house, not the family, says something, everybody is doomed. Everybody better just shut the hell up. Uh, you pre- you better not say anything to this lady. No, hell no. Of course, I'm laughing, but it's really sad. Right. It's right? very sad. But <laughs> I you mean, <laughs> this, this, I said it a couple minutes ago. This chick's a wrecking machine, man. All right, nothing she is don't play her. no games. She, we are in 1849, man. Like right. She's been going for almost half. I mean, she was born like uh, almost a half a century. So, That's crazy, man. Anyway, so after this, she gets fired. Uh, she goes away, gets fired. And then she stays in Rennes and works for a hotel called Hotel du Bout du Monde. And she doesn't get along with other, um, the other housemaid. Her name is Perrot Massé. Uh-oh. A- apparently, she was jealous of her beauty and young age and whatever, you know. Right. She poisoned her. You give her an arsenic <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> arsenic, man. <laughs> soup. Usually it's the soup, man. She poisoned <laughs> she poisoned her, man. You know? I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to laugh. Just <laughs> it's crazy. She hit, with, she hit her with the arsenic sandwich, boy. Oh man. You better not pick up that uh that uh, turkey sandwich, oh, man. You, you ain't know? shitting, boy. You better not eat the soup, drink Dude. the water, or eat the damn sandwich, or tell her she don't look good crap man this is crazy oh dude. gosh this woman is <laughs> unbelievable man all right so the poor lady perrot massé uh had the usual symptoms vomiting stomach stomach abdomen pain swollen feet and the doctor came to check it out right we are in a city it's a big city so better access to doctors and stuff and he thinks it's not serious and he's like yeah she's going to recover right despite the fact that Perrot Massé complained that Hélène Gégado get, had given her food and drink that made her sick. Nobody listened. Yeah. And you know what she does, man? You know what she tells in the house? I can't wait to hear this one. She says, well, I, I believe she's going to die. I'm announcing it. I think she's going to die. <laughs> she's, so she's <laughs> predicting the death. She, she, knows, it, she yeah. knows the death cocktail is coming, man. Yeah, man, that sandwich <laughs> is working. Like she, how can you say that? That's anyway, unbelievable, man. man. So the poor lady dies on September first, eighteen fifty, and around the same time, for the reasons we don't know, she also and working at that hotel, she poisoned two homeless. We don't know why. I don't know, but it's just a fact around that time. Yeah, she doesn't get fired because of that because they don't know what happened. Even though uh, the victim complained before she died. She gets fired shortly because she was stealing liquor. 
Damn, she doesn't have the best resume. Uh, the resume is <laughs> tough, man. You know, yeah, it's, I probably would keep some of that off of it. So now, by uh. now, I think everybody's asking, when is this going to stop? Like, right, right. You, you're probably saying, "Hey, Fiti, well, you keep telling us all this death." Yeah, when is it going to stop? And obviously, we're not going into details because there were no sure. investigations. We don't know really. We are in the 19th century, so it's yeah. tough. Well, let me ask to... you this, man. During yeah. that time uh, in France, I mean, w- were these killings and and episodes were they written about? I mean, is it is there no. kind of some correspondence that people knew about? I mean, um, you know, the ones that were handled by judges, so a couple, yeah, yeah of course, it, they were written. Okay. Right? But the rest is people who just kind of word of mouth. Yes, people who lived there. Oh, I remember when I was living. When I lived in Locmine, my neighbor was her, and for some reason, these people that you know how it is, right? Sure. So when is it going to stop? Right. So we are seen in Rennes, and luckily, someone is going to take the extra step to stop her, man. So the poor Perrot Massé dies, like I said, in September first, eighteen fifty. She gets fired because she stores uh, liquor. And at the end of the same year, 1850, she's hired to work as a cook for a man called Théophile Bidard de la Noé, which he will become the future mayor of uh, Rennes, which doesn't matter. But just to say that this guy has a high level position. He's a lawyer, a professor and specialist in criminology. Okay. So she didn't land on the the best person. On the right person. Right. So she starts working for him and he he takes care of his uh housemates. He he's really welcoming and everything. She quickly starts to have issues with the other housemaid. Her name is Rose Tessier. She's jealous, uh, she's close to her employee, employer, whatever. And one day Rose Tessier becomes ill after a noon meal prepared per, by uh, Gigado. And in the meal there was one thing that was uh, she ate was a piece of uh, cake that she made and she got sick. She ended up dying after horrible convulsions uh, on the 7th of November, 1850. The doctors investigated and they concluded with two assumptions. The first one, it was a, a rupture of the di- diaphragm. Diaphragm. From, yeah. Uh, or poison. And obviously, they didn't want to believe the second one. They don't see why she would have had poisoned, right? Right. Been poisoned. So anyway, they move on. And she's so the victim is replaced by another housemaid called Françoise Uriot. Same, same problem. She's jealous, whatever she is. She has problems with her. She got ill with similar symptoms as the previous housemaid. Fortunately for her, she threw up the poison um, on time. So she recovered after she left the house. So when she got sick, she left. She quit or whatever. And then right. she, she got better. In, <laughs> in May, That's a close one. <laughs> yeah, that was a close one. She got lucky. In May 1851, she, she was replaced with a new one called uh, Rosalie Sarrazin, 19 years old. She was healthy, young, everything okay. Again, shortly after her uh, uh, starting date, she died following horrible suffering similar wow uh, similar uh, symptoms as the first sure. housemaid and she ate the, a, a similar piece of cake oh gosh so they called the doctors again and they noticed same symptoms as uh, the first death in that house 
So now the doctors are like, okay, let's investigate because this is weird. Because now they're like, they had a grand like suspicion on Eden Shigado because she was the one making the, the food. She was the one caring for them. But the thing is that the employer, Théophile Bidard, had the idea to save her vomit to be analyzed. Are you serious? Yes. He was like, oh, okay, I'm wow. going to keep the vomit because we never know, right? Okay. Was well, a rapidly found arsenic in her body and the vomit. So they went back to the, uh, they, went, they went to meet the family of the first housemaid who died and convinced them to um, exhume, exhume, to exhume yeah. uh, for autopsy uh, the body. And they said, okay, no problem, let's do it. And guess what they found? Arsenic. Arsenic, man. So now they're like, okay, then something is going on. So the doctors Game is almost up. The doctors and Théophile Bidar, they go to the police and uh, file a claim. And she she's arrested on July 2nd, 1851. And when the police arrived at home, you know, um, you know, it's old school, you know, they're like, oh, okay, sure. you have suspect. Okay, let's go to your home and meet this this chick, you know. She was apparently she was cleaning uh, clothes. And when she saw the police coming with the doctor and her employer, they didn't say anything to her. She says, I am innocent. And the policeman looked at her and says, innocent of what? No one has accused you for, of anything. I found that interaction interesting, you know? Oh, 100%. You, say that, you know? Yeah, no question, man. No question. So the police now arrested her. And of course, they're going to start an investigation. Now, you have to know at that time, maybe you have the same thing in the U.S., Police cannot investigate crimes that are past 10 years. So anything beyond 10 years cannot be a charge. Is that right? And remember, I said earlier when she killed that two-year-old little girl. Okay. It was 10 years and one month. Yeah, I believe in, in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe there's a statute of limitations on like murder. On murder investigations. Right. I think they can actually go on. But there are statute of limitations for different crimes. But uh, here in the U.S., I believe this is accurate. I don't think there's a statute of limitations for murder. Okay. Well, in France, it has been modified, obviously. Right, right. But back then, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. I could see that. It's 10 years back then. So they went back in her life and were able to like trace, trace back like decades of killings, man. What they found was frightening. They were able to gather over 35 deaths and more wow. attempts of poisoning and theft as well. So they were convinced when they look at that, they're like, yeah, we probably we are probably missing a few, you know? Sure, of course. And, and she's questioned and she denies everything. She's like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. So her trial uh, took place in Rennes where she was arrested, and it took place between the 6th and uh, the 14th of December, 1851. So the turnaround was pretty quick, you know? Yeah. Because she was uh, arrest arrested in July. And she's only accused of five murders, five poisoning, and only 11 thefts, which thefts don't really matter here because she killed, but whatever, you know? Sure. So her trial goes, she still denies, okay? She still denies... But the problem is a lot of witnesses could not make it to her trials. Okay. Trial, sorry. Because first, there were no train uh, going to Rennes at that time. On top of that, it went under the radar because a few days before the, the trial, uh, there was a, a, a putsch, a coup d'etat in France, where Napoleon III took over the power. 
and uh, it took it uh, with force. So some of the witnesses died. During oh, really? The, yeah. For instance, there was a specialist uh, in uh, stomach disease who was invited to come so he can talk about what they found, and he died before. So it was really a weird trial with not a lot of people involved. And her behavior, she denied. She was screaming. She was not involved uh, at all. And she even declared, I don't even know what arsenic is. Oh, really? She said that? She said that. Regardless, <laughs> yeah, regardless, the jury found it uh, guilty and um, up for a death penalty. Right. Okay. She appealed. <laughs> oh, no, obviously. <laughs> she appealed. And at that time, uh, you they could reject. She got rejected. She doesn't stop there. You know what she does, man? She contacts Napoleon III, so the newly uh, ruler, for right. forgiveness. You can't do that. You can, of course, do that. Well, he rejected that as well. I'm sure. She was executed uh, in Rennes on, uh, on a spot called La Place du Champ de Mars. And it's a spot where like people gather like for uh, military uh, you know, uh, celebrations and things sure. like that. You know? okay. It still exists today, you know? In front of uh, the population, so they cut her head on uh, la guillotine. On uh, so they use a guillotine on her. That that yeah. that was what they did. Okay, yeah, you know, and uh, she killed. She was uh, executed on February twenty sixth, eighteen fifty two. So a few months later, a couple months later, three months later, and the day before the execution, though, she talked to uh, a priest and admitted her crimes. She's like, yeah, okay, I denied everything, but. I'm going to say what I did. And uh, she authorized uh, the priest to mm. give that to the public once she's, uh, she's dead. Oh, really? So she admitted? Yeah. And the police, okay. the police believed that there, were some, there was some truth in, the, in there, but there was some probably added stuff and sure. crimes that she didn't admit or probably forgot. Right, know? right. The reality, the reality is that when they were searching her stuff, they found like a, a talisman, a lucky charm kind of thing. Okay. Composed of really weird stuff, man. Really? Hair, jewelry, different, you know, minor items that obviously did not belong to her. Yeah. You think so, they were like trophies maybe? Maybe. That's what they think. Okay. Because you don't steal hair. Why would you cut the hair of someone? Does, right. You know? Carry your hair around. Right. So... <laughs> So she probably uh, stole the, the stuff and kept them, you know? That's right. the crazy part. And I will end on this, you know? Based on this, like, Lucky Charm and all the stories that they got her, they concluded that she probably killed over 60 people and attempted to poison 97. That's crazy, man. That is just nuts. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, seriously, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, it, I'm just kind of in disbelief to be honest with I you. I don't but, even know where to start. From, yeah. Man, I, but. There's got, I mean, like you said, there's definitely more people that she killed than what they know. I just have, I mean, of course I don't know for sure, but I have a pretty good feeling, but just, just the lack of empathy and appreciation for human life here is just baffling to me. I think it's, uh. Killing that many people—it's a disease, man. You have—it yeah, has not, to be. It has to be, but not necessarily the need of killing, but probably something else. You know, 
the need right. of stealing stuff without being seen or accused, the need of drinking, the need of uh, being recognized, jealousy, all of this stuff adding up probably leads you to to do that. I don't know, man, but right. it's, yeah. it's, it's just crazy. And killing a baby, why? Like, what? Yeah, I don't see what that... I, I I personally would never understand the killing of a young, you know, an innocent child. I don't, I could never understand that, you know? Right. Um, and I mean, and, oh, go ahead. you know, I, just, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that, you know, to be honest. Yeah. And to, to conclude, we stopped here after that. And that period where she didn't, there was no killing reported. Right. Honestly, it might be true, you know, but I don't believe it. I just don't. Yeah, really, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't believe she. I don't think you changed killed, her ways yeah. and asked God for forgiveness. And I maybe I she know. did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't she know. Did. But and, you, you know, the devil came years. back in and got a hold of her, and boom, there she goes back on her. Probably. You know, make it starting making killer killer Kool Aids again. You know, I don't know, man. Or the other reason is probably because remember I said there were still reports of theft, drinking, vandalism, and stuff. Sure. Maybe she got kicked out of houses before she had the opportunity of killing them right right but it seemed like she moved right in and just started the killing though I yeah mean, there wasn't any yeah you so, know let's get to know each other let's yeah. kind of hang out a few times just, just come, let me come in <laughs> i get the job that night i make you soup and the next morning you're you're, you're yeah. feet up but i think the the beside the the amount of people affected is the length of time going you know oh no question but well you got to think about it bro mm -hmm. i mean today it would be highly, highly improbable oh, yeah. for someone to get, you know, to get away with it for that long today doing something like this. Back then, like we talked about, you know, the lack of investigation techniques, the lack of um, anal you know, analysis equipment, things like that. I mean, and, and the lack of uh, honestly communication, oh, yeah. difficulty of communication mm -hmm. kind of all. I'm sure they were all intertwined is probably. In her favor. The, the yeah. real reason that this crazy broad didn't get caught a long time before oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That was in her favor. But, yeah, that's a crazy story of uh, where I come from, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I mean, hey, man, you know what? I mean, they chopped her damn head off in the end. So, yeah. you know, I mean, she got what was coming to her. I guess. Yeah. 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 It's sad, but it's sad, sad but true. Yeah, it's true. Well, folks, uh, that's it for uh for this story. I appreciate you uh listening. Thank you, Mike, for listening. That yeah, to this definitely story, great mate. story, man. Great story. You know, as always, uh, folks, we we appreciate your support. And just to let you know, we we just surpassed 180 downloads on our podcast. So you know, big hand for us. Uh, we appreciate the support for uh, myself and my always dapper co-host Fetty. Uh, we're out for today, folks. See ya. Thank you. Thank you.